0: turn your Bibles to Exodus chapter 5 we're going to be looking at chapters 5 and 6 so so far in our journey through the book of Exodus we have seen uh, uh, Moses calling at the burning bush and then he's given actually he was put in the river first by his mom and dad and then uh, adopted into Pharaoh's household and then he murders a man he has to run off into the wilderness then <laughs> and while he's in the wilderness God calls him he gives a series of excuses finally he makes his way to go, and as he's going God almost strikes him dead because he's not following the covenant and so he has to make this decision and he has to kind of figure that out now he's able to appear before Pharaoh and today we're going to talk about consequences have you guys ever tried to do something and then there was this consequence for you trying to do it right I had the best intentions but then this thing happened. like it doesn't make any sense. Uh, and so that's what we're going to look at. Let me give you a couple examples. Uh, the CIA has a term they call it blowback. And this is where they actually try to do something in world affairs, and there's this blowback, this unintended consequence that happens. Uh, for example, uh, they tried to fund the Afghan Mujahideen. Have you ever heard of that? And then it de- to destabilize the Afghanistans, and what happened was is that you had the development of the Taliban and uh, the Al Qaeda developed as a result of that CIA effort. So they tried to do one thing and then this other thing happened. There's also uh, things that they try to do in nature. Uh, in the south, where I'm from in Alabama, uh, there was this huge erosion problem. And so they heard about this plant in Japan called kudzu. And they brought it in and they planted it all over Alabama and in the south and y'all it has taken over millions of acres of property right it grows a foot a day and it will literally take over a road if it hasn't been ridden on for for very long uh in india they had this cobra problem and so they tried they got all these cobras everywhere and so what we'll do is we'll pay you if you kill a cobra and bring it in we'll pay you for the cobra because that'll solve the problem problem was is that people figured out that I could breed cobras in my home and then kill them and take them in and make a profit and so the cobra population actually greatly increased as a result of that effort and so you 've got all these efforts being made and you have these things that happen as a result that you had not anticipated you had not planned for that to happen that 's what we 're going to look at today before we jump into god 's word though let 's pray Lord. We love you. It's our heart's desire to serve you. And as we look at this man named Moses and the things that are about to go on in the in the chapters we're going to look at today, Lord Moses was trying his best. He he was trying to get out there and serve you, but things happened and that he had not anticipated, and it's hard. And so Lord, I believe that there's probably lots of people in this room who have tried to serve you. They've tried to do certain things, and whenever they put their hand to the plow, whenever they tried to do that effort, whatever it might be, it went sideways on them, and they did not anticipate that to happen, and, and they're left wondering, why is this, why, what happened? And so Lord, I pray that you will give us grace this morning, that you'll give us wisdom to take your word, be able to apply it to our hearts, and Lord, we pray this in Jesus' name, amen. So in church life, there's going to be a time where you feel called to do something, lead an effort, make a change, do things that and they don't go as anticipated, the road's not smooth, and you're going to cry out, and you're going to say, God, I thought you called me to do this thing. God, I thought this was what you wanted me to do. And then it goes sideways. This is exactly what happens to Moses. If you turn in your Bibles to Moses, I mean, to Exodus chapter 5, we're going to start with verse 1. Afterward. Moses and Aaron went and said to Pharaoh thus says the Lord the God of Israel let my people go that they may hold a feast for me in the wilderness but Pharaoh said who is the Lord that I should obey his voice and let Israel go I do not know the Lord and moreover I will not let Israel go then they said the God of the Hebrews has met with us please let us go a three days journey into the wilderness that we may sacrifice to the Lord our God lest he fall upon us with pestilence or with the sword. But the king of Egypt said to Moses to said to them, Moses and Aaron, why do you take the people away from their work? Get back to your burdens. And Pharaoh said, behold, the people of the land are now many, and you make them rest from their burdens? The same day Pharaoh commanded the taskmasters of the people and the foremen, you shall no longer give the people straw to make bricks as in the past let them go and gather straw for themselves but the number of the bricks that they made in the past you shall impose on them you shall not by any means reduce it for they are idle therefore they cry let us go and offer sacrifice to the Lord let heavier work be laid on the men that they may labor at it and pay no regard to their lying words And so the taskmasters and the foremen of the people went out and said to the people thus says Pharaoh I will not give you straw Go and get your straw yourselves, wherever you can find it, but your work will not be reduced in the least. And so the people scattered through all the land of Egypt to gather stubble for the straw, the for straw. The taskmasters were urgent, saying, Complete your work, your daily task each day, as when there was straw. And the foremen of the people of Israel, whom Pharaoh's taskmasters had set over them, were beaten and were asked why have you done all your? Why have you not done all your task of making bricks today and yesterday, as in the past? So, today we're going to look at consequences of trying to do the right thing. Right? Try of trying to do the right thing, but there's this there's this consequence. Uh, every good reward, every good what is the saying? Is every good thing will get punished, or every good reward? What's the reward for every good thing? Is punishment? Right? It's I try to do this good thing there's this consequence the first consequence we're gonna look at five this morning the first consequence we're gonna look at as you trying to get out there you're trying to do the right thing the first consequence is things may get worse before they get better things may get worse before they get better so there you are you're a slave you're living a miserable life but it's what you know and your father was a slave your grandfather was a slave This has been going on for about 400 years you you have a routine you get up at the crack of dawn and it's a horrible circumstance, and it's a horrible life, but you're making it through, right? You're, you're getting, you're making it. And now it goes from being difficult or horrible to being impossible, just absolutely impossible. Until recently, your workday started at the crack of dawn. You get up, you maybe have a little breakfast, and then you go about your slavery work of making bricks, this miserable uh, existence. And now... You can't because now you have to get up probably in the middle of the night and you've got to go find some straw somewhere in some distant county somewhere and make your way back so that you can make the bricks that you made the, the, the before. Oh, and you have to make the same amount of bricks. You can't make less bricks. And uh, all of the million of people around you are also trying to get straw to make bricks as well. And so, where you went yesterday to get straw, you found some at two o'clock in the morning. You go back, it's not there because all these other people are looking for straw. And every day, you got to go further out and further out to find straw so that you can make your way back in to make bricks. That's that's what's going on here. And so we see this unintended consequence of, of of Moses's going to the Pharaoh and and, and making this request. He's like, oh. So Pharaoh says, oh, well, if you've got all this time to go worship your God, then you've got all this time, so now you can, make, you can get your own straw, like you're just being lazy. All you Israelites need to quit being lazy and get out there and, and get your own straw. So you have this unintended consequence right now for God's people. But we also see that sometime in the future, there's a promised consequence. So you have this unintended consequence that's happening right now, You have this promised consequence that's going to happen in the future, right? So Moses goes he goes, uh, lest he fall upon us with pestilence or the sword. God's people have been promised, a, a promised land. That's one thing that God's people have been promised in the future. Also, you have a promise to the Egyptians. If you do not let the people go, this pestilence is coming. This promised consequence of your rebellion against God is coming. So you have this unintended consequence now for God's people, and you have a promised consequence in the future. So, we're going to talk about that in just a little bit, in a few minutes. But then you you come up with our second consequence. The first is, uh, you know, things are going to get worse before they get better. The second consequence is those that are supposed to be standing beside you may not show up. Those that are supposed to be standing beside you may not show up. The consequence of Moses and Aaron is they, 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 they already didn't want to go. Like, if you go back and you look at Moses' example, he doesn't want to go talk to Pharaoh. He doesn't want to go and do this. He gives excuse after excuse after excuse. Finally, he says, Okay, I'll go. Aaron goes with him. And there's, then they go and they talk to the elders of God's people, the elders of the Israelites. And he gives them the miraculous signs, right? He, he, goes, he takes his staff, he throws it down, he puts his hand into his cloak, he pulls it out, his leprous, he pulls it out, it's healed. He goes and he gets river, water from the river Nile, throws it on the ground, it turns into blood. He's got these miraculous things that he showed the elders. And look what it says in Exodus 3. God says, They will listen to your voice, and you and the elders of Israel shall go to the king of Egypt and say to him. I just want to highlight this really quick, right? They will listen to your voice, like right? God promises. They're going to listen. When you go and talk to them, they're going to listen. And the plan is, is that you and the elders of Israel shall go to the king of Egypt and say to him, you know, let my people go and all of the rest that he told them to say. God's plan was for Moses, Aaron, and the elders to go to Pharaoh. Look at uh, chapter 4, Exodus four twenty nine. Then Moses and Aaron went and gathered together all the elders of the people of Israel. Aaron spoke all the words that the Lord had told had spoken to Moses and did the signs in the sight of the people and the people believed yay right fantastic that's wonderful the people believed right because God said they're gonna believe they believed and when they heard that the Lord had visited the people of Israel and had seen their affliction they bowed their heads and worshiped right. Praise the Lord. He's finally coming to deliver us. Uh, he has given us these miraculous signs so that we can believe it's going to be fantastic. God has sent Moses, this deliverer. It's amazing. And they've had a fantastic worship service. But when it comes time for the elders to appear in chapter 5, look what it says. Moses and Aaron went and said to Pharaoh, Moses and Aaron, not Moses, Aaron and the elders. It was Moses and Aaron went and appeared before Pharaoh. There's no mention of the elders. What happened to them? Where are they when it's time to do what they had all agreed was time that was God's plan, right? They worshiped together. They praised God. They're like, yay, we're so excited this is happening. And then it's like, okay, it's time to go to work. Let's put our pads on. Let's get out on the field. Whatever analogy you want to use, it's time to get busy. It's time for the uh, rubber to hit the road. How many more? You want another one? It's time to start, right? It's time to roll. Where are they? They don't show up. They don't show up. They are they were there was the idea was that they would have this united front in leadership you'd have Moses you'd have the elders they would have this united front because things are going to go sideways which we're going to see in just a second and when things do go sideways as they always do they would have this united front in this effort but one critical piece of that leadership structure was missing they didn't show up when it was time for them to show up so what do you get out of this well you're going to get out there, and you're going to try to do the right thing. You're going to try to stand up for God. You're going to do this thing he's called you to do. He's going to do whatever it might be. And when it comes time for you, to show, for, for you to do it, it's possible that those that are supposed to be standing right there beside you won't be standing there. They just won't show up. Look at verse 15. Then the foreman of the people of Israel came and cried to Pharaoh, Why do you treat your servants like this? no straw is given to your servants and they said to us make bricks and behold your servants are beaten but the fault is your own people it's Talking about the Egyptians but he said you are idle you're idle that's why you say let us go and sacrifice to the Lord now go and work no straw will be given to you but you must still deliver the same number of bricks and the foreman of the people of Israel saw that they were in trouble when they when they said You shall by no means reduce the number of bricks, your daily task each day. They met Moses and Aaron, who were waiting for them as they came out from the Pharaoh. And they said to them, The Lord look on you and judge. He's talking to Moses and Aaron. The Lord look on you and judge, because you have made us stink in the sight of Pharaoh and his servants. And you have put a sword in their hands to kill us. Here's your third consequence, right? You're trying to do the right thing. You're trying to get out there. You're trying to do what God's called you to do. Third consequence, the people blame you for the worsening condition. They blame you. The foreman met Moses and Aaron as they're leaving the Pharaoh. As they're leaving the meeting, they're waiting outside the building for them to come out of the meeting they're waiting to nail them right they're waiting to just chew on them they're waiting they're angry and their lives are now harder they're getting beaten because of what's going on their life was horrible before but now it's impossible it's like how do we find straw there's no straw and no matter what we do we get beat and it's your fault you're causing all this trouble the people blame Moses and Aaron. You have made us stink in the sight of Pharaoh. You have made Pharaoh hate us. And now he wants to kill us. Moses and Aaron were trying to lessen the labor. They were just trying to do what God called them to do. They are trying to, uh, to, to have a less brutal condition for the people. But the unintended circumstance was more labor, not less. So there's, there's one word. We're going to kind of get into a little bit now. There's one word in church life. If you want to make everybody mad, what, what's the one word that I could say that would get everybody that would create chaos amongst our, any church? Doesn't matter which church. Change. Change. We're going to change. Some stuff. We're gonna change this. We're gonna we're gonna do this a different way. We're not gonna do it the way we did it before. We're going to change. If you say the word change, chaos will ensue. Chaos. Absolute chaos. Now, the people they don't like that, right? No matter how many bricks you're making, whenever the leader says change, chaos will ensue. Doesn't matter how bad the condition is, doesn't matter chaos will ensue the leader has no way of knowing what will happen when the change takes place you have no way of knowing we're gonna make a change what's gonna happen I don't know exactly what's gonna happen but we're trying to fix this brick baking problem and if we change the way we currently make bricks it's gonna create a change and it's gonna create chaos so we don't know what the unintended outcome is gonna be and you will bear the blame for something that you felt called to do. That's, that's what Moses and Aaron are encountering. They're like, God came, he came to us in the burning bush. He came to us, right? We didn't make this stuff up. He came to us in the burning bush. And, and this is, and I'm telling you exactly what God said. And you all believed it. And you worshiped. And we had a great time. And then we implement the plan then they blame them this is your fault you're doing this we can't believe this you're gonna get us killed so later when the people are at the Red Sea and the Egyptian war machine is raging toward them so in a little bit later in the story they eventually they do leave and they're at the Red Sea and there's nowhere to go because it's the Red Sea and you've got this Egyptian army coming at them with chariots and it's like blah, 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 blah. like it would have been like just like thunderous blah, blah, blah. they're coming and they're all, God's people are like they're starting to freak out look what they say they said to Moses is it because there's no graves in Egypt that you have taken us away to die in the wilderness what have you done to us in bringing us out of Egypt? Is this is not this what we said in Egypt? Remember we said this when we when you and Aaron came to us with all this foolishness about leaving. Remember that? This is what we said. Leave us alone that we may serve the Egyptians. We're slaves. My dad was a slave. My granddad was a slave. I'm going to always be a slave. Let's just be slaves. Leave us alone that we can may serve the Egyptians for it, it would have been better for us to serve the Egyptians than to die in the wilderness it's easier to be a slave to trust what you know than to face the unknown and trust God who promises to give you freedom freedom we don't have to be slaves, we could be free but you can't be both you can't be a free slave you can't be both No matter how hard your life may be in this world, it's all you've ever known. If you've ever met someone who has truly lived a traumatic life, like when Kimberly and I did foster care for a while, we encountered children that their entire life, all they had ever known was trauma, brutality, hatred, starving, that's all they've ever known. There was, one, there was one case uh, where we went in and the, the girls were hiding inside the, a couch, inside of a couch. They were covered in fleas. It took, it took four treatments, lice treatments, to get the lice out of their hair. Four. Like usually it's just one. It took four. And they pulled these girls out of the couch and they deliced them, right, and they fed them and they took them to a new home a foster home and what do you think they wanted I want to go back to mom I want to go back to my house how why would you want to go back to that because that's all they ever knew if you're a slave you've been a slave your whole life and your dad was a slave and your granddad was a slave and all you've ever known is being a slave and somebody comes along and says your life could be different that's a jump there and so if you keep so it this is this is the, this is what they're trying to deal with and so here's here's a, the thing I want you to get the, you have to make a decision trust in a God who promises a life you've never known Right, so God comes along, I'm going to give you a promised land. I'm going to give you, I'm going to be with you. Uh, they've never known that, right? Ne- they don't know what it's like to be free. They don't know what it's like to live in a land that's flowing with milk and honey. They don't understand that. All they've ever known is slavery. So you have to make a decision. Trust in a God who promises a life that you've never known. He promises that you're going to be free from sin or stay in a life where you are a slave to sin. You can stay where you are, or you can make the jump. Known slavery or promised freedom. Known slavery, I know how to make it as a slave. I got to get up at 1 o'clock in the morning. I know this little secret spot. I could get some straw. I know how to make it as a slave. I could do that. It's not great. I hear things are better, but I could control that or... I could say, I could put my trust in this God, this Moses and Aaron people, and they promised one day I might be free. They promised this idea of a promised land. Who do you you believe? Who do you hold to? Verse 22. Then Moses turned to the Lord and said, Lord, why have you done this evil to this people? Why did you ever send me? This is Moses' I told you so moment. Right? This is Moses going. Remember when we were at the burning bush, and I told you that I was gonna say this and they weren't gonna listen. Remember what I told you? This this is Moses saying, God, I told you so. They're not listening. Right, oh Lord, have you done this evil? For since I came to Pharaoh to speak in your name, he has not he has done evil to this people. You have not delivered your people at all. You have not delivered your people at all. In fact, it's Harder now than it was. Moses turns to God and he says, God, why? Why? Moses knows why God sent him. God had told him in great detail what was going on. But God didn't mention the straw and the bricks. And so now Moses collapses. God, you told me that you're going to harden Pharaoh's heart. God, you told me that you're gonna, the people were going to believe. God, you told me. And he goes back through. You're like, I, you told me. But you did tell me the detail about the whole bricks and straw thing. And because of that, I'm out. Have you ever had something happen in your life where you say, God, this is what you called me to do. I'm going about doing this. I'm living this thing called the Christian life. And then suddenly you get nailed by this unforeseen detail in your life. And you say, God, you didn't tell me about this. You didn't give me this information. When we seek to follow God's plan, we don't have all the details. People will not show up and stand beside you when they're supposed to. And more than likely, it's going to get worse before it gets better. And God is not obligated to give you or us the details. Moses is saying, God, you didn't tell me about the straw and the bricks things. Why are you doing this? Are we promised a life that God's going to tell you everything and God's going to reveal the complete plan to you? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. Number four, consequence, consequence number four, you will not know everything. That's the fourth consequence. Right? I'm going to get out there. I'm going to try to live this thing. I'm going to do the best I can. I'm going to try to live for God, and you will get you will get hit across the head with a two by four that you did not see coming. Boom! This is, uh, Lord, why in the world? Are you allowing this to happen to me? Can you not see how faithful I'm trying to live for you? Can you not see how I'm trying to do all this stuff? And now you're going to do this to me? You're going to allow this to happen to me? And not only that, but everybody else is blaming me for this thing. I have no control over this, right? Have you ever had that happen? You don't know everything. And in response to Moses' complaint, that you didn't tell me the whole thing about the straw and the bricks. God told him several times that he would harden Pharaoh's heart, but this was not what Moses had in mind. Lord, you're not supposed to do that to me. Lord, you are not supposed to allow that to happen to me or to my loved one or to someone I care about. I'm not supposed to lose my job. I'm not supposed to get cancer. I'm not supposed to to have to go through these trials. I'm not supposed to have to do these things. Can you not see? You didn't tell me that when we started on this journey. You owe me the details. Look how he responds. But the Lord said to Moses, highlight the Lord. Now you shall see what I will do to Pharaoh, for with a strong hand, He will send them out and with a strong hand he will drive them out of his land. God spoke to Moses and he said to him, I am the Lord. I appeared to Abraham and Isaac and to Jacob and as God Almighty and by my name, the Lord, I do not make myself known to them. I also established my covenant with them to give them the land of Canaan, the land by which they lived as sojourners. Moreover, I have heard the groaning of my people, again, a lot of this is repeated. Whom the Egyptians hold as slaves, and I remembered my covenant. Say therefore to the people of Israel, I am the Lord, and I will bring you out from under the burdens of the Egyptians, and I will deliver you from slavery to them, and redeem you with an outstretched arm, and with the great acts of judgment. I will take you to be my people, and I will be your God, and you shall know that I am the Lord, your God, who has brought you out from under the burdens of the Egyptians. I will bring you into the land that I swore to give to Abraham, Isaac, and to Jacob. I will give it to you for a possession. I am the Lord. Moses said thus to the people of Israel, but they do not listen, Moses. They did not listen to Moses because their broken spirit and harsh slavery. In response to Moses' object, do you see it? Do you see the response? The response to Moses' objection is, you didn't tell me all these details. God responds back with, I am the Lord. I am the Lord God multiple times. So what is God like, this God who appears multiple generations and he remains the same he's holy he's unchanging the god who has promised to lead them to a promised land a god who hears the cry of his people but at the end of the day he is god and moses is moses he is god and moses is moses he is god and drew is drew you are you and he is god God does not have to tell Moses all the details. Why? Because Moses is Moses, and he is the God Almighty. Right? He repeats it several times. I'm going to be God, and you be you be man, you be woman. I'm going to be God. You be you. I got this. I'm God. You don't. You're human. Right? Several times. I am the Lord God Almighty. But also, God also reminds Moses of the promises that He's made not only to him, but to these past generations, right? There's several promises right there in that text we just read. I will bring you out. I will free you. I will redeem you. I will take you as my people. I will be your God. I will bring you to the land. I will give it to you. I will, I will, I will, I will. God makes promises, and he expects his people to believe in the midst of difficulty. What good is it if he makes a promise to you and everything in your whole life is wonderful? That was the whole conversation that God had with the devil and Job. You remember that? The only reason he believes in you and follows you is because all you ever do is bless him. He took those blessings away, he, may, he won't follow you anymore. Like, that was the conversation. I'm not saying that that's what's happening here. I'm just saying that God expects his people to believe what he's promised them, even if it's difficult. Fifth consequence, people's lives may keep them from listening. We are talking about the consequences that you encounter as you try to do what God's co- told you to do, right? I'm trying to do this thing. God made seven promises to in, these, in these verses that we've just looked at, but, he's, but the consequence is you're dealing with people, right? You're, you're getting out there and you're trying to serve and minister to people. The next consequence is that when you're dealing with the people, many times they have a broken spirit, they're enslaved to sin, that life is treating them harshly, and it's hard for them to hear. So, wait a minute. So, I'm going to go through all of this, and we're going to get out there, and we're going to minister to people, and we're going to try to share the gospel in spite of all of these hard things. And at the end of the day, they're not even going to listen like we're going to get out there, and we're going to do the effort, we're going to work, and we're going to try to turn things around, we're going to do this, and then at the end of the day, because of all the things that they've gone through, they won't even listen, yeah, that's what he's saying, the people would not listen, and the, the, the description there is for shortness of breath, it's, um, it's this idea of like they're, they're so emotionally involved in what's going on, that they can hardly breathe, it's like a baby, Have you ever seen like a a small child and they get all upset and they're like. (laughs) Like that's that's the picture that we're supposed to get when they use this word. Like they're so taken over, so involved in what's going on, which again, they're slaves. It's a horrible life. And then not only that, but now they're they're seeing people getting beat left and right and they can they can't keep the quota. And and it's it's impossible. Absolutely. It's just absolute impossible life. And so then Moses comes along and goes, y'all need to listen, because here's a message that I have from the Lord. And, and emotionally, they're like, I can't, I can't, I can't hand, I cannot handle anything else right now. That's, that's where they are. So you're saying, consequence one, things are going to get worse before they get better. Yep. Number two, those that are supposed to be standing beside you aren't going to show up. Yep. The people will blame you for the worsening condition. You will not know everything. He's not going to tell you what's going to happen. Yep. And when it's all said and done, the people's lives may not, they won't even listen, and they going to be changed anyway. Yep. Why bother in the first place? Why? Why even care? If, if, if this life, especially being a follower of Christ, has to be this difficult, why even bother have you ever been there i don't know if you've ever been there i've been there hey lord you call me to do this i'm trying to do this right lord all, we keep facing all these obstacles like this these things keep happening right why why even bother i'm out i quit right i think we i think if you have ever been at a point in your life where you're truly trying to follow the lord and you get nailed with a two-by-four like that, you're like, that's enough of this. That's enough. Why even bother? The final destination for God's people is freedom. Is freedom worth the fight? For the lost world around us, it means that they come to salvation. Is a person coming to know Jesus worth The fight. God has called us to be a part of his mission. To share the gospel to the nations. To the neighbor across the street. In that struggle, there are going to be people that will not listen. But there will also be people who will listen. There's going to be people's lives that you reach out to and you try. And they won't listen. And years of effort goes into it and it fails. But there's also going to be people whose lives will be changed. And so the question is, is it worth the struggle? If you've ever led someone to the Lord, I think you know the answer is yes, it is worth the struggle. If you've ever seen someone's life turned around, they were involved in this and this and this, they gave their life to Christ, and then over a series of years, their life began to change and turn around, and now they're a completely different person today than they were years ago, yeah, it's worth it it's worth it so there's joy in the work of the Lord there's heartache but there is joy there will be consequences but there will be blessings there's gonna be people who won't listen but there'll be people who will and God has promised eternal life for those who place their life in Jesus Christ and he has sent us on mission to the world he has never promised that everything would go wonderful, but he has always promised to be with us, which is way more important. How do you re, how do you remain safe and be a faithful Christian? How do you be safe and be a faithful Christian? If you don't know what the final result will be, yeah, it's a whole lot easier just not to do anything. If you've ever gotten if you've ever gotten hit you're hesitant, right? You're like the, like if you ever got, you're kind of, you're, you're gun-shy. I don't want to get, I don't want to, I don't have to endure that again. I don't want to have to feel that pain again. So it's better just not to do anything. It's safer to just not do anything. That's true. I can avoid unintended consequences by not doing anything. But can you be faithful to the Lord and not do anything that's the question you can't be faithful and safe you can't be both you got to step out and take a risk and be faithful or you remain unfaithful and be safe we are never promised safety only presence on this journey true hope is found in the recognition and surrender and love to the one who is in control if God wants to walk you through this path, then you say, "Lord, I'm right behind you. You walk me through this path. Whatever it looks like, I'm going to follow. Whatever pain is in front of me, I trust you because I know that you are the God of love." And so here's what we see this thread throughout Exodus is he causes people to trust him. He is faithful. He keeps his word, he keeps his promises, but he expects us to trust him. You say, "Lord, this is difficult I know it's difficult that's why I'm with you but you got to trust me let's pray Lord I pray this morning for our church I pray for those that are hearing this message I pray for those that are listening online Lord there may be someone in this room who realizes that they have lived their whole life for themselves but they feel that you're calling them to salvation they want to be forgiven of their sin. They want that burden lifted from them. They they believe that Jesus Christ came. He died on the cross for them as a gift, and they want to put their faith and trust in you. And friend, if that's you, you want to be saved, you want to be forgiven of your sin, you could say a prayer something like this. Dear Jesus, I admit to you right now that I'm a sinner. I have lived this life for me, and Lord, it, it's... Have gone off the rails. Lord, I know that this is uh, the life I'm living is not pleasing to you and this idea of being separated from you from all of eternity is terrifying. And so Lord, I pray to be forgiven of my sin. I want to I put my faith and trust in who Jesus is and what he did on the cross. I would like to be saved. If that's you and you said a prayer something like that or want to talk more about that, let me know. There's, all, there's lots of ways you can contact me, but just say, Drew, I want to talk more about that. Lord, I also pray for those Christians in the room. Lord, I believe that there are probably people in this room, people who may be hearing this message, that in the past they've reached out, they've tried to do something, and they experienced pain, and they got blamed, and, they, and they're like, why, well, it didn't go the way they thought it was going to go, and it went sideways, and, and so now they've gotten frustrated, and then they've backed off, and they've quit. And, Lord, I believe that you are calling them back to service. A service that uh, potentially could get nailed again. They could, they could get hit again. But, Lord, what is at stake is the salvation of the multitudes, not the safety of one person. And so, Lord, I pray that you will give them a renewed sense of boldness in which you would say, Lord, I'll follow you wherever it is that you would have me to go. And I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. I'm going to stand here at the front. Our our worship team is going to come and lead us in one last song.